0: I'm so glad that we don't just have to know about God, though. And I'm so glad that I don't just have to know about my wife. I can know her. And it's a different thing. It's, it's, it's a relationship. It's, it's knowing. And so I'm so glad that God knows all of us. He made us. But he wants to know us. And that happens not just on his end. He's already done his side of it. But how many know it takes two to tango? It takes takes more than one to to join up and and to be connected. And so God's wanting, he's wanting to know us. And that happens from us going to him. And uh, saying, I want to know you, I want to know you. What's that mean? I don't want to just know information. I'm so grateful for the word of God that gives us information. But all of that stuff is for us to actually know him. Not just to know about him, but to actually know him. Right, isn't that good? So um, I'm so glad that uh, I don't have to pretend like just because I got saved that I already know everything about God either. Aren't you glad for that? Right? <laughs> I'm glad that I'm growing in this. That, it, that that God's taking me deeper. That when I go to Him, I, I'm knowing Him more, and and I'm never gonna get done. It's we're just getting started with this. Right? Isn't this good? I'm so grateful for that because some, some days, I don't know about you, but some days I'm thinking, man, I hope this isn't it, you know? <laughs> Is anybody identify with that? It's like, and I'm so grateful that it isn't, you know, that God's taken us higher. He's taken us, but we can begin to become really secure in what we do have in the middle of it all. Amen. So what I want to talk about is that growing aspect and what it's going to kind of look like and man I I've, I've just I we just got done with uh well actually we got done with Colossians didn't we but uh reading through Ephesians and 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 just uh some emphasis on some things that I'm going to draw out here tonight but um uh knowing him is knowing his nature is knowing his heart is knowing his passion, and um, and those things aren't going to be just things that we know about him, but we take them on for ourselves. Amen. I'm going to go to Ephesians. I got several scriptures I want to just go through here real quickly. And um, on Wednesday nights, we tr- do try to endeavor to be done in an hour because we know we want to respect everybody's time and everything. But uh, I believe we can get through this. Uh, can you believe with me and? And uh, get more than I'm giving you, okay? Just let's, let's draw stuff out from this. All right. So Ephesians four thirteen. What I, uh, my my uh, my header on this is the purpose of the church. How many are grateful that we don't have to go, <laughs> we don't have to go through life on our own, but we can connect to the body of Christ and we we can. And and I'm functioning in a in a in a role right now as a teacher, right? I. Um, but what's the purpose of this right now? When it's for us to to not just come in and put in our, I, I did that for this week. But to actually grow. And that's part of our vision, right? To, to gather. But the purpose of gathering is not to just uh, be a, a part of something, but to actually grow. And what are we actually going to grow in? And... Um, so let me just read through this because there are, uh, and, and we're all called to be a part of this to some extent. You know, the, the, in, in this in this passage in Ephesians, he's actually talking about different roles that we have. That there's there's pastors and there's teachers and there's uh, prophets. You know, there's different people that are have a role in this. But what is the function of of every person? It's to to cause us to grow. Yeah. And, okay, so this will continue, and so. Um, he says, these people are going to be doing what they're doing for this purpose. And I, and I think God has called us to actually be a, a part of that on different levels, that we can speak into people's lives, amen? And, and we can pray into people's lives, and, and we're a part of this. And the whole purpose of it is for people to grow in the church. Now, the church has a, has a bigger role, and that's to go outside of the church. But inside of the church, we should be growing, and, and let's, we'll see what this looks like, Okay. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son. This is the key. Knowledge of God's Son. Not just about Him, but knowing Him. Okay? That we will be what? Mature. Okay? In the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. This is pretty high and lofty, isn't it? You know... The world wants to just say that Jesus was a wonderful prophet that we can look up to. And sometimes in the church we can do that too. And, and it's not just to look up to him. He came to be something that he wants us to become. Yeah, that's true. He wants to take us to, to what he's put before us. He's, be, he's become an example for us. And, and, and this is what we're always striving to go towards. We're, we're, <laughs> I'm thankful that, you know, we, we just took uh brain to get a physical. Well, I did. My wife did. And, uh, you know, he's only 11. But I don't want him to stay 11. I want him to become everything he's supposed to be. I want him to mature. I want him to grow. I want him. And that's what God wants for us. He's a good father. He doesn't want us to stay kids. I love kids. But I love it when kids turn into people. (laughs) No. That's just kidding, all right? <laughs> all right. But, and, and, and this is the function of the church is for this to take place, for us to, to not just stay kids, but for us to grow up, right? Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. So how does this not happen? It's by a different kind of knowledge. It's knowing him, not just stuff about him. Religion wants to teach a bunch of stuff about him and and turn it into rules. And what we have in Christ is knowing him and it becoming our nature to be like him. Not our law to be like him, our nature, okay, okay? Instead, we will speak what? The truth in love. How does that happen? Jesus said that when I go, that the spirit of truth will come. And where will what will he do? He will abide in you. He will teach you the truth. And he'll guide you into the truth. Right? So when we're getting to know him, we're getting to know him by his spirit. And he's teaching us the truth. And what is it in? It's in love. Okay. Uh, growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So when we get to know Christ, when we get to know, man, uh, God, I, I, that prayer in Ephesians, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of what? Of Christ. Is that Right? The knowledge of him, not just information about him, but knowing him. Amen? And and what I'm seeing in this is when you get revelation of him, it's going to be revelation of love. Of what love is. And so the whole quest becomes growing. If we're going to be like him, we're going to grow in love. Okay? If we can somehow not just put this into the category of every other thing that we've heard about love before, but if we can say, God, let us see this just a little bit more. Okay. Can we do that in an an aspect of of growing in this that we're never going to be done? And it's a quest that we're ever after that God is taking us to. Okay. This is what this passage is saying, isn't it? This is the whole purpose of us coming together, is to grow in the knowledge of him, which will be the knowledge of love, okay? All right. Uh, This will not encapsulate love at all, but it'll be a part of it that we can take, okay? All right. Our revelation of new life is Christ, okay? So 1 John 1, 2 says, this one... Who is he talking about? He's talking about Christ, right? Who is life. This this new life that we have in him is Christ, right? And he, he was revealed to us and we have seen him and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. Point being that There's this revelation of Christ that is so wonderful. Remember what Jesus said? They were asking him, show us the Father. And he said, do you see me? You see the Father. There's revelation of the Father. What's so amazing about the Father? That he loved us so much. He loved the world so much. That he sent his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him. He loved so much that he gave. So when we... Get revelation of the Father, we're getting revelation of love that surpasses anything that we have an understanding of. Amen? So, how many know somebody? I'll just touch on this now, we'll get into a little bit more. But, how many know somebody that that's, uh, they've gone through, pu- through puberty, they've gone into manhood or womanhood, but they're still immature? <laughs> there was a movie. I think it was called Failure to Launch. Did you? <laughs> right? It's like did anybody. Oh, you did. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, the ability to do something, grow hair on your face, or you know, take on the anatomy of a of a, of a mature person, does not equal maturity, does it? Maturity is a different thing altogether, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. it? It's more of a character thing than it is an ability to do things, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so if, if we can, real quick, and then we'll get into this a little bit more, but if we can see that growing up in Christ is not growing up in being able to do things. Mm-hmm. It's growing up in maturity, and that has to do with character more than anything, yeah. Amen? Uh, because a lot of times, again, in the church especially or in religion, there's this: uh, uh, when you get mature, you're going to be doing everything right. No. <laughs> okay. All right. So there is no knowing God. Okay, First John twenty two four, uh, not twenty two, but First John two four. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is what? A liar and is not living the truth but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him that is how we know we are living in him so how do you know when somebody's knowing God it's by their love not by what they're doing it's not their skills it's not their gifts it's by what they're doing all right, but it's by what they're loving, how they're loving, right? And so, man, this is going to actually be a very critical thing. I don't want to be a liar. Do you want to be a liar? I don't want to say, you know, a lot of people, you know, you could have a whole auditorium full of people. And how many know God? Everybody raises their hand, right? <laughs> According to this, if you're not doing what he's saying, we got a whole bunch of hands going up. To say I'm a liar, right? (laughs) Okay. Because knowing him is growing up in him. And I'm so grateful that we can, by faith, we can do this because part of what we received in the spirit is a nature of love. So we can say it by faith. But then what does faith do? It puts some works behind it and says, I'm going to do something that's going to correspond with what I'm saying. Is that right? Okay. So I like this in in, uh, 1 John 2, uh, 7, he says, he says, this is something that you already have. And this is what I think is really good to understand is we're not trying to acquire something that we don't already have. We're just becoming aware. Revelation, you can't go anywhere without revelation, can you? Uh, uh, Until you get revelation that, that, that God loves you, you don't get saved. And even though we already have a nature of love, we have to get revelation of what it looks like so that we can do something with it. Amen? So I like this. He says, dear friends, I'm not writing a new commandment for you. What did he say? If you say you know God and you don't do his commandments, right? You're a liar. Yeah. But, but then he goes and he says, but I'm not telling you something that is, is new. We already know this, don't we? But it requires renewal. Renewal. Not just something you do. Renewal. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That you're actually knowing it more. That's why this is wonderful. I mean, I've heard this stuff all my life. But I want to get fresh revelation. Because it's key to some things that we're going to be able to do. to, to, To represent God. You know, we sang about his glory tonight. And for his glory. His glory is not... Apart from his love, it's ensconced in his love. And you don't get God. You don't get an encounter with him. You don't get a visitation from him without it being in an atmosphere of love. Okay, so, not writing a new commandment for you. Rather, it is an old one you have had from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Yet, it is also new. Isn't that interesting? Because Jesus lived the truth of this commandment, and you are also living it. Don't you like that? That's a big faith statement, isn't it? <laughs> He's saying that to us. You might not look like it, but let's we receive this by faith. We have new new life in him, don't we? For the darkness is disappearing, and the true light is already shining. We talked about this on Sunday, right? If anyone claims I am living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. And here's a key to what love actually is. It's the removal of self and the preference of others. I'm going to submit to others. Okay. Let me keep going here. So we have mature versus young in 1 John 2, 3, 2, 13 talks about this. And, he, and, and, and you know, I saw this when I was looking at this for the first time. You can know the father in a new birth, right? He becomes your father. But knowing Christ is a different thing. Can we see this? According to this passage that knowing Christ is is actually growing in love. We saw that revelation of Christ is revelation of love, right? So you can be a child and have the Father God as your father. But to know Christ, you're going to have to be mature. All right, let's see this. You're saying, what? All right. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because what? You know Christ. Who's mature? The ones who know Christ. Who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil. What's the battle with the evil one? To accept Christ as your Savior. Right? That's, 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 man, it's amazing to me how people, it it should just be a slam dunk, you know. Life in Christ. I don't... I see these, these uh, you know, videos. I don't understand. Islam, I, I think, is the, high, uh, the fastest growing religion in the world. And what do they do? It's all... I mean, uh, we just went to a prayer conference, and there's a guy there from Iran. He can't go back anymore because he, he's converted. He was actually a terrorist. And he said... He said, what they required you to do, I mean, you would have to beat yourself in, until you are bloody to somehow uh, avenge sin. I mean, it, some of the stuff they have to, and, and bend down, and it's like, people are joining this stuff. <laughs> you know? And we have new life in Christ. You can be free from guilt without beating yourself up. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so, But what happens when you first accept him? Now you're a child. You know the Father. You've been forgiven of all your sins, right? But that's just the beginning. There's a need to grow. What what, what you've experienced is love. You know, the world calls it making love that creates a child, you know. (laughs) and and really the birth then becomes the the nurturing of somebody beyond just a physical act and that's what happens we get to know Christ and now we're we're going beyond just being born to actually becoming mature this process is is a wonderful thing i'm so grateful i don't have to stay a child right but something's going to have to change i can't just keep crying and Ask him for my bottom to be wiped, okay? (laughs) I have written to you who are God's children because you know who. I never saw this before, but I did. Okay, I'm just, you know, I missed it before. But do you see the correlation here? It's like children, father, mature, Christ. Isn't that interesting? I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ, who existed from the beginning. I've written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. Don't you like that? Don't think just because you're young that you can't be strong and you can't grow. Amen? And you have won your battle with the evil one. Isn't that interesting? So, so there's this knowing of Christ that's going to have to be so necessary if we're going to grow. And I love this. He says, come unto me, all you are labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke. Come and be with me. We can, and this is why it's so necessary to spend time just worshiping him, just getting to know him. Man, I I did this today. I'm so grateful for the the gift of the spirit where we can just spend time just just being filled with his spirit what the Spirit comes to do is to help us to know Christ, Amen. And so we can we can just spend. And what happens in that process, man? I, my mind was I was having dealing with stuff, you know, and and in the process of just knowing Him, just saying I'm just here for you. He helps everything else. He comforts your mind. He com- and what you're doing is you're getting to know him. And actually those things that could tempt you to get into relational issues and to be offended or something else, they're cared for in him. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And actually you're growing in that knowing of him. Yeah. And it helps. So let's, let's keep going here. Um, 1 John 4, 11. Dear friends... Since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. And this is the thing. (laughs) The more revelation we we get of what love actually is doing, the more we realize what God is doing for us all the time. We don't deserve a, a, a nice thing at all from a most holy God let alone to try to bring a most holy God down to our level and say, God, you got to follow me around while I do whatever I want to do. You know what I mean? It's like the mercy. He's kind to us. He's gentle to us. He could be really rude to us, you know? I'm grateful that he chastens us. How does he chasten us? When, When we don't feel, he chastens us with our own heart. Our own heart will condemn us, and 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 he'll say, I'm right here all the time. Just come back to me. That's how we, that's how his love is. And he says, You know what? The way you've been loved by me, how can you not give that? It's rude to God to come to know his love. The more we know of his love and to not reciprocate that, what we're doing is we're shutting off our knowing of Christ. And we're staying a baby. Right? right? Yeah. Okay. Let me keep going. Are you are you good tonight? Yeah. All right. So growing up and maturing. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. So this is interesting. You know, uh, and we're going to get to the, the part that just talks about what love is. But why is he talking about this? Because in the previous chapter, right, he's talking about the gifts. And then he says, all these gifts are wonderful, but they're actually worthless because being able to do something, being gifted, being able to grow hair on your face and have the anatomy of a, of a mature person is not being mature. It's actually worth, it. you're, you're actually dysfunctional in, in the body if you don't have love. Because the love is the maturing factor, is the defining of knowing. It's love, isn't it? And so I'm just going to zip down to the 11th verse here first, and it says, "When I was a child, this is indicating that you're immature, right? Yeah. I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. I cried all the time. I didn't care whether you were offended by what I did. I just it was just, I'm just a child. <laughs> but when I grew up, I put away childish things. <laughs> And I'm so grateful for the father in the middle of this cuz it's like god I'm grateful that you're showing me some things about this um and this is why reading through Ephesians there was so, such a there was such a a comparison to the flesh and to the spirit all the time and and, and there is there's no walking in the spirit if you're yielding to your flesh and, and so sometimes I'm thinking well well what is the flesh love Conquers the flesh. Mm-hmm. What it did, does is, it. Jesus said, "There's no greater love than this than what what does a man do? He lays down his life for his friends, right?" right. So. Love, the definition of love is going to be the laying down of self for the preference of somebody else. That's what we see in Christ. He came and did that. He walked on the earth and and, and lived it. He lived love. Right? Not just so that we could say, yay, Jesus. He he lived love so that we can. In fact, everything about our new life in Christ is dependent upon love. Amen? 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 It says, okay, we saw earlier in, in 1 John that um, you can be a child and know the Father, but to be mature, you have to know Christ. What's that going to mean? That's going to mean you're going to have to let go of some things. That's what this is, right? When I was a child, I could get by with a bunch of stuff, but if I want to launch, I'm going to have to let go of some stuff, Right? All right. So let's look at what mature looks like. <clears> 1 <throat> Corinthians 13. We'll go back to the first verse here. It said, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, man, I'd be a linguist, wouldn't I? You know, it's it's amazing. I've been to Africa, and some of those, those places in Africa, they can speak. These kids can speak like five languages because they've just grown up. You know, they have all their, their uh, tribal languages, and they have... English and they have French and they got you know it's amazing what what you can actually do and and this says it's not about what you do you can be the most brilliant person you could be I won't I won't use any names but there's some really brilliant people in the world today that does not mean that they're functional mature right because it's not about what you can do If I didn't love others, I would only be what? A noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Just a bunch of useless noise, right? Right. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans, and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, Man, that sounds like somebody that should get something. <laughs> Remember uh, where it says that um, uh, that those are going to go go to heaven, and they're going to say, "I I did all this in your name." And he said, I, I never knew you. It's not going to matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter how spiritual we are. In fact, there's no elevation based upon our giftings or our, our ability to do anything. Isn't that amazing? Now, it's not that God's not going to use what we have. And, and we've been talking about this being called to, to be used as a tool for him. But it is worthless. It's worthless. If we're not, if there's no love. So if there's no letting go of me for the preference of somebody else. If what I'm doing is not, it is to elevate me and to not bless somebody else. Man, I've grown up in in the church. I've seen a lot of this. Have you not? Not to be judgmental. But I don't, but, but this is saying that that's not what love is. It's not being a successful anything in the church. But it's saying, I'm ready to lay down for somebody else. Does that make sense? All right. If I gave everything I have to the poor, <laughs> and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Nothing. So much of our natural attitude is I'm going to have to do something in order to be something. And Christ came to change it and say it's who you be that changes who you, what you do. Amen? And it's going to flow out of who you are, not what you do. The inversion of this is so necessary. And what it does... This is this is how Jesus said. You know what? If you can just love, everything else is going to be taken care of. The law is going to be fulfilled because you're not. Everything that we do that would be a sin is about me, it, and that's immature. Now, you can really see it in regard to that, right? It's like <laughs> you have you have to please me before. I will hug you that's that's a childish thing, isn't it? You have to give me an ice cream cone before I give you a kiss, you know, yeah <laughs> that was for nothing right that's 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 love, <laughs> but that's what he said he said it's 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 nothing that you can ever do for me, and as soon as it becomes that, it's not love anymore i mean we, we this thing that they got in the world that is it's like they say that they love somebody. No, that they, they just want some something from somebody. They're just attractive, so I, I want to have them. Yeah. You know? And true love is it, it, it's it's speaking the truth in love that will not always be good. It might it might be something other than, than I, I think you look good. Now, with my wife, I've learned to lie. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Sometimes she'll, she'll ask how something looks, and I say, I'll just defer. I'll just. <laughs> you always tell me the truth. No, no, no. I, I, that was really not good. Okay. See, now we'll find out if my wife loves me. Okay. <laughs> All right, if she forgives me. All right. All right. <laughs> all right no 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 it's just the shoes sometimes she she likes these shoes that are like like two inches tall and it's like i guess i don't why do i i actually tell you that i don't like them right yeah i tell you that okay all right all right everybody forgive me real quick so we can go on all right (laughs) <laughs> this is an exercise <laughs> okay uh, yeah this was just a, a test run okay uh all right oh boy all right can, can we ever get back on um <laughs> all right it says i would have gained nothing if i had sacrificed my body so that's kind of how i am right now if i But I love my wife so much that I'm going to gain a whole bunch, as I said. All right. So what is, so I'm just going to go through these real quick. So, and we're familiar with them, but they're not optional things that we're commanded to do these things. I thought we didn't have any law. No, we do have a law. And it means that we don't know God unless this is something that's coming out of our life, right? If this is the evidence that we're mature, if we're not patient, if we don't, if we have to have something right now, we need to mature some more. Not that we don't have it, but we need to mature in it. We need to become aware of it. It needs to be something that we say, I'm no longer a child. Yeah. We don't say, well, that's, I just can't stand to wait for anything. Shut up. <laughs> that's not what you got in Christ. Are you knowing him? Because I'm so glad he waits. He waits. I'm so glad he's patient on us to get something right eventually. Amen? (laughs) And he's kind. I don't care if you're German. I'm German. You know, Latino people just seem to be so kind. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, you're just so nice. And Germans are like, man, they're just, yeah. Yeah, Levi, um, or Levy, I guess it is, right? Levy. Uh, but it's not optional, right? The more we know Christ, the more we conform to what we know, amen? And I'm so glad that we've, we've been given a picture of what that looks like. It's going to be kind, We don't get an option, do we? Love is not jealous. And these things will creep up. Immaturity wants to take us back down to childhood all the time, right? We have to say, I'm not going there, (laughs) right? And we don't have to go there out of our own strength. No, we just go to Christ and we see him. And in our knowing of him and our worshiping of him, and in those times when we're praying to him, we say, show me you so that I can be like you. Amen? I'm not going to be jealous. I'm not going to be boastful or proud or rude. I don't demand my own way. I'm, I'm inverting these we go. okay? I'm not irritable. <laughs> my wife says, Yes. <laughs> All right, I got back at me there a little bit, okay. And it keeps no record of being wronged. This is a big deal, isn't it? No record. What is that? That is forgiveness, isn't it? That's the epitome of forgiveness. No record. Aren't you glad that that the stuff we do wrong has a a sea of forgetfulness that it goes into? Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you grateful for that person in your life that just keeps doing stuff? That you have a similar sea. Actually, you know where that sea is. You know how to cast stuff into that same sea because you know the one that is casting yours into that sea. Amen? Isn't that good? It does not rejoice about injustice. Man, this is something I think we need to take on in this atmosphere of political storm that's going on. Yeah. It's easy to rejoice. Boy, and they'll put it out there as soon as somebody's going down. Let's rejoice over somebody's fall. And it's like, and that's not the nature of Christ. Right. Amen? We can even do that over... Well, I won't go there. All right. No, you can. <laughs> you <should>. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, But see, there is so much. All of these things are the flesh being suppressed by love. It's always going to be the flesh burning. Did you know that God likes the smell of a burnt sacrifice? That does not sound like a good smell to me. I mean, have you ever... I've... um, I worked on a... Uh, I I worked at a uh, what do you call it Um, feedlot. There we go. Anybody know what a feedlot is? Uh, I grew up in eastern Colorado. If you go up into the Panhandle of Texas, I think they have them up there too. They're they're big areas of corralled cattle, and they stink. Just, just I mean, it's just you have to wear waders. To wade through this stuff, I mean it's nasty. Anyway, I worked after my senior year. I traveled with Brother Hagen for the first part of my senior year uh, summer after my senior year, and I worked in a feedlot right before I went to college. And uh, and uh, man, we branded them, so they would brand them, dehorn them. And castrate them all at once, and it's like, it's like those poor—they're—they're really, they're, they're really going for it. But I'll tell you what—that's that, that singeing of the hair, and the, it just—it just made you kind of sick. It just sick all the way around, you know. It's, but but God likes it when flesh is singeing because life is going on, Amen, and maturity has taken place. The more our flesh dies so that love can win, the more we grow up in him. Amen? It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever, what, the truth wins out. Most of the time when we're getting offended by something, we can start imagining all kinds of things that just go along with one little word that's been spoken, and we don't know the truth about the whole thing. And if we can just believe long enough, this is something that real quick I want to put in here. Um, what love does and what God's love does towards us, it first of all forgives completely. It says, nothing you can do can keep me from loving you. And then what it does is it doesn't just stop there. It uh, it provides, it, it gets in a position of providing. If I have something to give to them, I'm not going to withhold it because of something they've done. So it goes beyond forgiveness. Forgiveness is not enough for God's kind of love. Thank goodness. Position. He, he positions us then. He positions us in a place. Because a lot of times we want to take somebody that's, that's done something that is worthy of not love, of hate or whatever. And we want to say, okay, I'm going to position them away from me now. I'm going to disassociate from them. Right? Right? and he never does that. He always says I'm right here for you no matter what. Right? <laughs> and then he believes in us. Not only that, but he he's now he's going to do whatever he can do he empowers us. That's what love that's what God's kind of love does. It'll do those four things beyond. It's always it's always proactive towards us. And he said I'd really like for you to do that too because usually the big thing about um, offense anything that's going to remove love is it removes the power of God to be able to be in manifestation because his vessels are withdrawing. Yeah. They're withdrawing into separation. And what is that? That's strife. Yeah. And that's what and what it does is it, it it makes a whenever there's a withdrawal it makes a void for the enemy to come in and to, to do all kinds of nonsense, right? Okay. <laughs> Let me just finish this. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. It never fails. Now, it's, it's not something that you're doing. It's, it's, never, it's never ending, it never gives up. It never stops maturing. It never stops being complete. It always keeps going. So here's the thing. Prophecy, the other things that we could hold up and we could say they're, they're very wonderful spiritual things. Um, prophecy, speaking in an unknown language and special knowledge. That means, you know, a lot of times we want to think that if I just know enough, that'll elevate me somehow. Jesus said, I, I, Jesus came and knew everything. And he said, I came to serve. I came to lay down my life for you, right? This says that all of those things, it's not that they're not significant or they're not something to have, but they will no longer be needed at some point. But love will always be the nature of God that is always an acquisition. It's always something to grow up in, always something to develop in, amen? Love will last forever.